Hey, honeys, I have something exclusive to tell you. You can hear episodes of my show and 30 others, Harmontown, Drinky Fun Time, Dumpable Town, before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. Lucky you. You can listen right now on the TuneIn app. Play Nashville a week early. You're like living in a time machine, baby. So why don't you check it out? All you have to do is download the TuneIn app and listen for free. This is like being a podcast VIP. Don't forget, they also have live sports, news, music, audiobooks. It's enabled in Apple CarPlay, so I think you should check it out. All you have to do is go to TuneIn.com slash NatchBute. TuneIn, baby. PRA, Public Radio America. You're smarter already. This week on a special edition of Your Welcome, the 130th Annual Book Award for Books has just announced its winners. We run down the list of awarded books in fiction, nonfiction, and everything in between. All this plus retractions today on... You're welcome. Welcome to Your Welcome. I'm Stefan Hyphen-Straitman, and I only eat dolphin-free tofu. Today's episode is devoted to our silent, stoic, used, and sometimes funny-smelling friends, books. The books we read tell us a lot about ourselves, and just as importantly, they tell house guests who read the titles on our bookshelves a lot about us. David Foster Wallace, this person loves reading and hates talking to people. Virginia Woolf, this person loves reading and hates talking to people. Salinger, this person is a teenager and can't even. He or she is feeling all of the feels. Reading may not be considered cool or fashionable in the new millennium, but books are worth more than mere social cachet. They're survivors. They have outlasted many other mediums, passing fads, and so-called technological revolutions like tapes, CDs, and podcasts. Books are immortal. They will outlive all of us. In fact, in a survey of a hundred automobile accidents involving both people and books, the books are 70% more likely to survive. This leads us finally to the winners of the 130th annual National Book Awards for Books. In the fiction category... Surprised by Lights by Weber Fontel. The inventors of the oscilloscope struggled to convince the medical community that modern science would benefit from a thing that shines a light into people's eyes. And simultaneously, they struggle with the deep, driving desire that threatens their professional reputations as they fall madly in love while gazing into each other's eyes for literally weeks at a time. Their pupils are dilating, and so are their hearts. Taming the Dragon by Laura Smithson, a gentle fantasy epic about a young woman's attempt to redeem herself by capturing, maintaining, feeding, and walking the deadliest species of dragon known to the kingdom of Vistoria. Chasing the Dragon by Lauren Smithsford, a hard-hitting tell-all about a young woman's attempt to redeem herself by kicking the deadliest type of heroine known to the province of Rhode Island. Taliban, too awkward for the Taliban, by Tandor Bishop. A coming-of-age story about a young man's inability to fit in with the most popular terrorist sects. When he meets an awkward young woman, they bond over their insecurities and share a forbidden kiss backstage at Larry the Cable Guy's USO show. Point Me Towards Victory, The Blind Sniper, by Ian Damon. In this thrilling World War II epic, a brave young sniper refuses to quit his post even when enemy fire permanently blinds him. As his brothers-in-arms help their injured comrade by pointing him and his rifle dutifully towards German forces, treasured British author Ian Damon demonstrates the tragic nature of war and how silly it looks. 
And finally, this page does not exist. Googling for the Meaning of Life, collected by Arthur St. Cummings. The first ever collection of Google autofills as short stories, hailed as a profound revolutionary new breakthrough in literary laziness. Joining us in studio is Chartreuse Beljar, who has uh, astoundingly read every single one of these books in this category. Is that correct, Chartreuse? Uh, that's affirmative. That's true. I read all of them. Wow. Um, why do you have that much free time on your hands? What went wrong? Nothing went wrong. Okay. I am I'm reading books because I enjoy reading, and honestly, I don't have a lot of other hobbies uh, besides being here. And I read by and myself. That sounds delightful. It is. Do you have a fireplace to curl up next to? Or? I don't, but I do have a space, space heater. Well, Spe species space the heater. The Spice brand space heater. Yeah, I can dress it up as different species. This week it's a dinosaur. Well, that's good for a lonely person. It allows you to feel like you have a different pet every day. Now, Precisely. Which, which book would you like to talk about? Oh, uh, I want to talk about uh, This Page Does Not Exist, uh, Googling the Meaning of Life. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, there are so many wonderful stories within this book. Um, there is a very short story that is just a definition of life. Uh, there is uh, a lovely story about uh, the serial life. Oh, Yes. Um, My third favorite cereal. That's exactly what they talk about. Mm. You didn't read it. Maybe that was my Google autofill. Who knows? Well, I don't think you're Arthur St. Cummings, but... Maybe someday, with the right attitude. Also, there's a short story um, that's actually just the lyrics of That's Life by Frank Sinatra. Just the lyrics, uh, which... You know, isn't much... Well, it could be a little bit of a story, but it was a little different, a little different. Very nice. Was there any link to a YouTube video with lyrics to the song? Yes, you... Um, I tried to click it, but it did not... Did nothing you, did nothing you, worked. Did you double-click it? I've been told that clicking with, on something twice makes it work I clicked time. the book many times with my finger. And, and no um, dice. You know, I just thought in 2014 that that would be a possibility, but I guess uh, maybe next year. Kind of surprising for an award-winning book. I know. It must have been a light. Yeah, that, that would be my one criticism: is that the links do not work in that book. Arthur St. Cummings, if you're listening, get on it, man. That's pretty embarrassing. Now, moving on to the nonfiction category: "Ethically Slaughtered: An Organic Cattleman's Guidebook" by Weasel McLeod, a modern almanac for socially conscious farmers and gentle butchers to help guide those interested in maintaining the sanctity of life right up to the point they ended in a gushing hot geyser of blood. Opportunity Yes by Sandra Lolly, a step-by-step -step instructional on how to use positive intention to reach your ambitions by annoying your competitors to the point they just give up and leave. Another Abraham Lincoln biography by Dr. Armando Quiston, an Abraham Lincoln biography that starts when he was born, ends when he was killed, and has a presidency in the middle. The Faces Dogs Make When They Poop by various photographers, Edited by Rhonda Helter. A coffee table book that observes beloved pets at their most vulnerable. It must be pretty great if it won the award with a title like that. And a subject like that. How the Clown Touched Me by Antonio Carpacci. A man finds his purpose and reconnects to his emotional life by intimately studying the ancient art of Commedia dell'arte in Italian theater under the world-renowned clown 
Il Tucci. Zane Grant, My Year in the Bermuda Triangle. A memoir by podcast person of interest Zane Grant as he navigates the mysterious corners of the Bermuda Triangle. He stares into infinity, meets lost souls stolen from their chapters of history, defies all known laws of physics, and recommends where to stay and how to eat on a budget. Now, Chartreuse, is it true that you also read every single book in this category as well? I don't have a lot of time uh, to do other things, so it's it's just uh, the time that I have is dedicated to book reading, and that's how I spend my time, and I'm proud of it by myself. What a fascinating sentence. Tell me, do you implement speed reading? Are you a fan of that particular process, or do you consider that cheating? Uh, I like to read out loud to myself, by myself. Hence the loneliness. Excellent. Oh, I never really said that. All right. Well, I'm just drawing a conclusion. I want to talk about a book that I really connected with, which was How the Clown Touched Me uh, by Antonio Carpacci. Now, uh, I wanted to bring up this book because it really was a touching... I see what you pun, did there. Pun intended. In fact, it's not even a pun because you're literally just saying what the title says will happen. Okay, well, it touched me emotionally, mm-hmm. and I also touched the book. The book touched me. We connected physically. I didn't have sex with it. What a relief. Now, this is one of those books where you could judge it by its title and cover. Uh, How the Clown Touched Me could be interpreted in sort of a nasty way, uh, especially with a cover uh, that shows clown clothes scattered about on a bedroom floor. Yes, I definitely assumed the worst. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit um, skittish at the thought of reading that book or touching it or looking at it ever again. The only touching that happens in that book is the mirroring activities that the clowns would do with each other. And that's not even touching. They're just mirroring each other. Otherwise, no physical contact. Beautiful story. No bad. Not about. No bad touch. No bad touch. Good touch. What a sweet relief. You all should read it. I refuse. In the poetry category, Middle Childhood by Yan Yan Sankyuman. Poems that lament the trials and tribulations of being a middle child well into your fifties. Jogging Backwards by Herschel Merman. Observations of being a misfit in everyday life and missing obvious social cues at every turn. And finally, The Sky is an Air Ocean by Yolanda Butterfield. Lyrical considerations of the world that break down life as we know it and then thoughtfully put it back together again in a timely fashion. Because, let's face it, most of us have to wake up and go to work in the morning. Chartreuse, any thoughts on these collections of poems? Sure, sure. Uh, I just want to read a few lines from a poem uh, from The Sky is an Air Ocean by Yolanda Butterfield. Just take a moment, close your eyes, and... Soak in these words. The sky is an air ocean. Birds are like fish with feathers. Clouds move like ships do. Both vast blueness. Sometimes people have trouble breathing here. Still blue. Was that an editorial whoosh, or was that actually written down in the poem? 
It's funny. There's a button you can actually click, and it makes the whooshing sound now. Oh, that's terrific. Mm -hmm. Like the farm animal noise books that I read as a child. Exactly. To myself, because my father was never there. And you're lonely, too. I was. Now I'm very successful, and I have a lot of friends. I'm getting choked up a little bit. I have upwards of seven friends. Stop staring at me. In the young adult novel category, Black Lagoon High by Rachel Snuffins. It's hard being a humanoid fish monster in high school. As Devin Gilman quickly rises up the ranks of the swim team, confirmed human virgin Abigail tries to get his attention by flirting, writing secret notes, and throwing buckets of chum into the Olympic-sized swimming pool. The Lottery-ing by M.K. Rastabout. On their 16th birthday, all residents of post-new society-topia must throw their names into a worldwide lottery. Those whose names are pulled are forced to speed-date each other. Those who fall in love have to fight to the death. Those who survive get to legally vote and purchase cigarettes before they're 18. Because when they're 18, they have to enter the lottery all over again. It's dystopia Margaret Atwood called Dystopian as Hell, Y'all. And finally, Tennis Elbow and Swimmer's Ear by Ren Warble. A sweet romance between two teenagers who meet in physical therapy for barely perceptible injuries that they both believe are early warning signs of cancer. They learn that life is fleeting, love is real, and that if you tell people you're dying and you're suddenly okay again, everyone feels weirdly shortchanged. Uh, Chartreuse, any thoughts on these books for immature people? I particularly enjoyed Tennis Elbow and Swimmer's Ear by Ren Warble, uh, mostly because I I feel like uh, I experienced... Um, well, I, I had Swimmer's Ear almost every single summer. So, oh, my God. Um, it's true. I, and I had no idea. Uh, it was something that I, you know, I dealt with. But... Um, to be honest, I had a little crushy poo on my swim coach. So this story really got into my heart. Uh, and your ear. It got into my ear. Did you feel summer. phantom swimmer ear pains while you were reading this? How did you know? Because that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to you after you survive swimmer's but ear. you know what? It wasn't the worst. What was the worst? Because that was... It was not, well, what was the worst? It was um, a one time a, a centipede crawled into my ear um, at summer camp, and I felt a pain, mm -hmm. and I thought it was swimmer's ear, but it actually went to the doctor. It turned out it was a centipede that had nestled itself into my ear. Well, that's canal. not so bad. So it was it just was a terrible. regular case of centipede ear. I, that's, I mean, it's a rite of that's passage. Pretty unique. It's, that's It's pretty a coming-of-age passage for any child. It's really not a big deal. Uh, but swimmer's ear, I'm awfully I'm just, sorry about that. What I'm trying to say is it was the closest that I had to a real relationship with, with my, my swim coach. And reading this book brought me back to Ron. Well, there you go. Ron, the swim coach, if you are listening, uh, Chartreuse Beljar is thinking of you, and you probably shouldn't make any effort to contact her. Just my advice to you, man. Moving on to the children's book category. Why by Heather Rounding, a one-word book for children learning the word why. Daddy's Long Vacation by Daniel Hux, an introduction to the likelihood that Dad prefers his secret second family to you, based on a true story. The Lending Tree by Stein Silvershell, 
a picture book about a boy's relationship with a tree who lets him borrow DVDs and then bugs him incessantly about getting them back. And A Cat is a Sometimes Friend by Randall Soderberger, a reassurance that the family cat does not really like anybody and it's not your fault. And quickly listing the uh, three honorable mentions, the runners-up for the National Book Award for Books this year. Uh, Killing Bill O'Reilly by Sean Hannity. Uh, the Phone Book for Still Existing. And How to Eat Your Feelings Responsibly, a vegan cookbook for emotional eating. Now, if this were a memoir instead of a cookbook, honestly, it probably would have won something. But cookbooks don't win the book award for books. They just don't, for obvious reasons. I mean, come on. Now, Chartreuse, uh, any thoughts on the children's book category? I liked all of them except for the uh, Y book. Mm -hmm. It is just, it is just as it sounds. It is just the word Y. Yes, I, I, I confess I haven't read the book, but I... Uh, you I, don't need to. Well, I bought the audio book, and I was listening to it in traffic the other day. and um, It just repeated itself, didn't it? Well, it only played once. I had to go back and repeat it myself. Oh. Yeah, it's a lot of time to spend with your eyes off the road. you got to put it on the, the little repeat sign so that it can go over and over again, because that's what it's like reading the book. Mm. Uh, there's a repeat sign on audiobooks? I don't think that's true. Is that true? There's a repeat sign mm. on my iPod Shuffle. Okay. No, I, don't, uh, choose to, I don't choose to accept that. I don't believe that's true. Well, it's 2014. Mm, yeah, I know what year it is. I probably would have found it by now if that's a real thing. But I right. try well, trying to make okay. you look foolish. Okay, well, why? Indeed. And there it is, our 2014 National Book Award for Books winners. Now, uh, of course, joining us in the studio, we have two of these award-winning authors that were featured in the fiction category. Um, we are beyond honored and privileged to have Laura Smithson, author of Taming the Dragon, and Lauren Smithsford, author of Chasing the Dragon. Uh, Chasing the Dragon, is that right? Uh, now, first of all, thank you both so much for joining us in the midst of your fast-paced publicity tours, and congratulations on your awards for your very, very distinctive works of art. Uh, thanks. <clears throat> thank you, Stefan. Big, big fan. Long-time listener. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm not feeling all that distinctive, okay? Pretty lame that we're here at the same time, no? Uh, yeah, yeah we, we don't normally like to interview two separate authors at once, but uh, you two share the same publicist, and he insisted this was the only hour that you two were available, so. I'm fine with it, Stefan. Our books are so wildly different. This can be a sort of panel to shed light on two vastly different ends of a spectrum, sort of a uh, high art, low art sort of thing oh. uh, right like how my book is about real problems people die from every day and yours is about frou-frou fairy tale monsters and made-up gibberish words uh now that is a bit reductive laura i'm lauren you, you yes wait no you okay you wrote taming the dragon chasing the dragon it's a term oh. for heroin addiction um i'm sorry dragons um would never do heroin you must be making that up <laughs> I was in rehab for five years, Bilbo Baggins. Okay, but um, Bilbo was a hero, so I take that as a compliment. And um, I've never been to rehab, but I was in Oxford for seven years. Um, do they teach creative writing at Rehab University? <laughs> oh, 
Okay, alright, I'm gonna step in here. I would apologize for the confusion, but uh, I am not usually wrong about things. Yeah. So I'm going to choose to blame Mercury being in retrograde for all this. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, there's nothing funny about astrology. Thank you. Lauren. I, Laura. I, I apologize. Laura. I'm nervous. No, no, you're fine, Lauren. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours. I, the feeling is mutual if I read your book, I'm sure, Laura. Thank you. I'm You've met. thought about reading it? I've okay. many times, yes. Thank you. I've been staring at it for two weeks. Oh, my God. All right. Um, now, <clears throat> let's start from the beginning. All right? You two? Uh, so, Lauren... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you. Um, your book was the, the one about heroin, right? Yeah, man, that's, that's right. Yeah, of course it is, obviously. Uh, so then, when you were writing this fascinating young fantasy heroine, how did you put yourself in her position, doing something as otherworldly as chasing this dragon? Oh, dude, dude, I wrote the f drug book. Yeah, uh, drugs. Okay, yes. Uh, dragons. Uh, Two yes, different D course, words. Right. Just look uh, at her. I know. I, uh, yeah, ooh. Okay. Uh, well, I was speaking in metaphor, um, <laughs> obviously. So how did you put yourself in the mindset of someone who did drugs? I did drugs. You did? Oh, that sounds mm, borderline illegal. Oh, it was south of the border, actually, but still very illegal. And uh, did you find that to be helpful research while writing? Oh man, I'm I'm clean. I did years before I wrote the book. It was all inspired. It's it was inspired by my times on the street. Inspired. A little loose on the meaning of that word. You want real inspiration, Stefan? Try looking out at the green landscape of the moors. Oh Christ. Rippling in the winds from the seas not so far away. And imagine a massive beast of scales. And wings, never seen by mortals except for in their hearts. Now that, Stefan, is inspiration. Wow. Okay, lady, you want to talk about screwed up visions? Okay, I, I have visions. Trust me. One night, I woke up in a cold sweat on a stranger's houseboat and saw my biological mother holding a bloody harpoon in both her hands while her eyes rolled back in her head and she unhinged her jaw like a tiger shark. Yes. Well, it is exactly that sort of detail and fantastical imagery that earned you the book award for books. Now, Laura, uh, Laura, yes, a question for you. Are you worried that young people reading your book are going to emulate your main character's uh, dangerous, illegal behavior? Uh, you mean catching and taming a dragon? Uh, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, sure, yes, if you like. It's... It's not a metaphor. It's literally a dragon, okay. like a real fire-breathing, hot, leathery-winged oh dragon. Dragons aren't real. Also, I think you're sexually attracted to them. Um, if dragons aren't real, then who am I saving my virginity for? Oh, <laughs> sick. You shut up. No, you, you, you shut up. I, I, I shut up? Yeah, no, you. no, you shut up. Shut your mouth, please. You, you, you shut your, your shut dirty your drug, drug mouth. I'm going to let this continue. Your, your breath smells like cocaine, and... You wish your breath smelled like fire, like you were making out with a dragon. I, I do. I do wish it does. This is sick. You know, how, how do we even know, Stefan, that drugs are real? Okay, I've never even... I've never seen a drug. Good point. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I saw you popping pills in the bathroom before this. <laughs> Valium is not a drug. Oh, um, it is, actually. 
Even when you get it from a doctor? Uh, yes. Okay, you got it from a doctor. Yes. Okay, glad that's settled. Moving on. Now, Lauren, when researching ancient medieval... How many vows you take? Mm. Oh, I, just one a day. One, uh, one bottle a day. That's all I need. One <laughs> Yeah, that's not okay, dude. Trust me. Uh, are you... Oh, by Joan of Arc's blade, mm -hmm. I think I have a serious problem. Uh, yes, Lauren, that brings us to the conflict your main character faces in uh, the dragon. Um, Listen, Laura, it's not too late for you. You don't have to give in to a life of abusing prescriptions and writing fantasy novels. I know lots of people who can help you. You would do that? Even after I told our publicist to dump you? You can't be blamed for what you say when you're high. You can get through this. Oh. I promise, I promise, it all gets better. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow, what wow. a breakthrough. Um, and speaking of, when did you two first break into the uh, fiction writing Hopefully scene? Hopefully your writing gets better, though. You bitch, I have a Whoa. master's in literature. You go to hell. Oh, I've been there. Okay, give me back my purse. It's not a purse, it's a dragon's egg. I'm going to hatch it, and we'll soar over the countryside together, okay. and we will raise no, get little back dragons. Here. Get back here, you junkie nerd, and I'll kill you! Get I know I'm capable of it! I'm gonna hatch it! I'm gonna sit on it, I'm just like my mama, with a harpoon in my hands! My eyes are rolling back! And they're gone. Well, that was an informative pleasure. That was, um, Laura Smith's... Uh, and Lor Lauren Smithsford talking about their respective dragon books. Congratulations on your awards and your personalities. PRA and Your Welcome World News are brought to you today by meditationapp.org. For only $5 a minute, you can meditate as Meditation App guides you in one of many guest celebrity voices and updates your social media accounts with how many relaxo points you have earned. If you earn less than 12 relaxo points in one session, your phone releases a piercing, crippling shriek. Meditationapp.org And now, all the way from Britain via British Skype, our BBC affiliate correspondent Austin Bronte. Austin, good morning. Are you there? So, no ice, dammit. Austin, I'm looking at my computer screen right now, and it would appear you are on a beach. Can you explain yourself? Do you have any news for us whatsoever? Steven, old chap, my good man. <laughs> this is... It's, it's a little embarrassing. But uh, you rather caught me on holiday. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, we had not been notified. Um, do you have any insights, uh, while I have you, on any of these recent developments regarding Wales' sudden and unexpected cessation from the United Kingdom, or uh, the resulting dissolution of Parliament, and, you know, the, d the dismantling brick by brick of the House of Commons, uh, or the waves of panic and disorder sweeping the nation? Absolutely not, Stephen. Uh, an Englishman's holiday is his castle. My hands are tied. Very well. I, I can see that your hands are indeed literally tied behind your back. Wonderful to see the accommodating young men that are feeding you almonds through your leather head mask. Uh, <laughs> sensible precautions against the sunshine, Austin. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, now, offity bye-bye. See you in two weeks, Stephen. Well, 
That was Austin Bronte, waist deep in the sand, up to his neck in news, and we will have to catch up with him in a couple of weeks. That almost wraps up your Welcome World news, but first, we're right all the time, with the small exception being when we aren't. So here are our retractions from last week's show. The crack in the Liberty Bell did not come from George Washington biting it with his wooden teeth. Nike never considered naming any of their black-and-white-styled sneakers after the suicide cult Heaven's Gate. Wearing visors to gay bars does not mean you're on the market for commitment-free sex. You will be judged harshly, however, for making that fashion faux pas. There have only been four cases of complaints surrounding solo cups and how they cannot be purchased individually or solo. A quick update on the ongoing Public Radio America fundraiser. We're up to 1.7% of our goal. At the $10 level, Austin Bronte will Skype directly into your home and play strip poker for a minimum of two hours. Thanks for listening, or at least having us on in the background while you drive. And special thanks, as always, to research assistants Eric Stoles, Madeline Wager, Levi Petrie, and Jeremy Simon, along with intern Stacy Ruemaker and in-studio Bermuda Triangle tourist Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Hyphen-Straitman saying, we're right all the time so you don't have to be. Thank you, and you're welcome. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.